sit down and buckle up. It's time for Track Talk with Bryce Sparling and Matt Ridgeway. with another fantastic edition of TM5's Track Talk. I am Bryce Sparling. Here with me, as always, is Mr. Matt Ridgway. Matt, how you doing off of a, a little bit of a hiatus from Track Talk, man? How was how was, uh, how, how was Gateway? How was Charlotte? How were the past two weeks for you? Yeah, uh, it's okay. I'm getting over a little bit of a sickness that I picked up in Charlotte. Over, I mean, in uh, St. Louis over the weekend. So, if Y'all will bear with me for an episode. I'll try not to sound like this next week, but we wanted to make sure after missing one last week and a short week this week that we at least got one in because the off week is next week. Um, So we probably won't do an episode next week and we'll be back again for uh, Sonoma breakdown and Nashville preview in two weeks. So it was important that we got one in today. Um, regardless of how i sound so y'all bear with me uh we'll, we'll do our fixing nascar podcast next week <laughs> yeah 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 then i'll lose my voice again um, <laughs> you might lose your job if you depending yeah, how opinionated you get you're you're very true, very true. <laughs> i would lose no i'd lose my job in a matter of seconds if i started speaking my mind that's all right um, I, don't, I don't have i don't have a job with a nascar i, I can say whatever i want to say <laughs> yeah but i'm implicated through you so um <laughs> Guilty by association. <laughs> his uh, his uh, thoughts no, start, and thoughts and outlooks are is his his own and are not association with uh, Matt Ridgway and Stuart Haas Racing and NASCAR as a whole. There you go. Disclaimer. Uh, Charlotte was good. I mean, a, a real quick recap of the weekend. We had a uh, Christmas weather in Charlotte. We had Christmas weekend for Penske, and we had Christmas vacation for Chase Elliott fans. So uh, <laughs> that's uh, we talked. We there's our post. Uh, Christmas episode recap. We can break that down if you want to, but I, wherever you want to start, we can start. Right. Yeah, let's let's real quick just go over um, go over Charlotte. So uh, we'll, and then we'll hit on the Indy 500 in Monaco just real quick. Uh, but Charlotte, everything was thrown off for y'all, man. That tropical depression just sat over there, and it rained and rained and rained, and y'all at least got to race at a semi-respectable time on Monday. I feel like the I didn't even watch the end of the Xfinity race. Like, I don't think the Xfinity race was over till like 2 a.m. or uh, something crazy. Uh, you know, that was that, that sucked for y'all because you got stuff planned out and everything. And especially people that lit, which I mean, I would assume 90% of the people that work in NASCAR live around Charlotte within, you know, within an hour driving distance. And like, it's nice to have a home race essentially, but it kind of kind of sucks when it throws off your schedule when the rain comes and you have to race on Monday. Yeah, it does. And that's part of it. Um, and it sucks. I guess I'd rather it happen at home when I'm sleeping in my own bed than in Dover when that's I have to point. stay an extra night in, in some place I don't want to be. Um, but with that said, yeah, I lost. I was going to spend Memorial Day with my family. I have a we had a picnic planned with a couple of church friends, and uh, that was going to be the first time I'd seen any of them since February. And instead, I was working at the racetrack and unable to attend so it, it sucks it's part of the game um it i think it sucks most because um it kind of just throws off everybody sunday night like if, if we were talking about we hyped it up for a week you know you make a whole day out of that and then 
for it to just kind of end on a cliffhanger it kind of just spoils the taste in everybody's mouth um we had a fantastic indy 500 a so-so monaco but monaco is monaco you just watch it for appreciation more than anything it's it's a good starter for the day it's a great appetizer for real racing to come the rest of the day um i enjoyed monaco got to watch all of that um i went to the track during the indy 500 wound up watching we knew there was no chance we got there on sunday it was raining we knew there was zero chance to race um they said there was going to be a window at six o'clock and all of us looking at all of our radars couldn't find the window that nascar could um turns out it didn't show up but i watched the end of the indy 500 from the track on the giant titan tron uh which was pretty cool unique perspective that's neat and uh enjoyed that uh happy for my penske buddies i, I wasn't it wasn't my buddy colin's car that won but it, i still have a lot of friends over there at penske so um <clears throat> good for them and uh yeah and then we kind of just sat around waiting on the word to go home which we knew was imminent and i guess i will give nascar some credit whoa I'll give NAS- whoa, whoa whoa y'all didn't sit around i saw the videos of what y'all were doing in, the, in those trailer haulers there was there was a lot of shenanigans going on in those trailer haulers you know what that's the so when that was filmed I think that's also when NASCAR decided they'd had enough when they saw that on national television <laughs> that um, because that was live on like at, at that point NASCAR was like all right we got to get these guys out of here they're losing their minds so be like it, it was it was cabin fever like it, that was about the fifth or sixth hour we'd been there I think we showed up at 11 and that was pretty close to six o'clock that Michael Waltrip did that interview so we're looking at between six and a half and seven hours of just sitting around knowing the whole time we weren't racing. We were, we just ate food. We have trailers of candy and uh, snacks and Uncrustables and we have an at-track chef and we probably put away a Thanksgiving feast worth of food because everybody knew we weren't racing. Uh, <laughs> so that's just the product. That's just what you get when you leave a bunch of high testosterone alpha males stuck in a a single wide trailer for seven and a half hours I, dude i can't tell you how many times i've watched that i've watched that film and it, it's, it's if, pretty funny. if nobody knows what we're talking about it was, it was chase briscoe right it was his team um yeah it was the 14 so so michael waltrip's going around doing interviews or whatever goes up to chase briscoe briscoe standing there right in the front of his uh his mm-hmm. car hauler with you know it's open the whole team's in the back and stuff and just somebody out of nowhere grabs a cardboard box and like hits a guy that's standing next to Briscoe, and they do this whole WWE like promo type breakdown. It's amazing! It's so amazing! It was great, and and, and Waltrip's uh, reaction to it all because he didn't expect it made it even better. Whoa, whoa, what's going on here? Whoa, whoa! It was uh, it was phenomenal. It was it was great. Um, but yeah, Brian Blaney winning was awesome, man. I, I, I said all season last year, I think Blaney was my pick every single weekend. Uh, yeah. he never was. And, yeah. uh, broke a, what a 50, 59 race streak, uh, 59 yeah, winless Talladega race streak. Talladega of 20, I think it's the last race he won. And, and it's crazy because it's not like Blaney hasn't been competitive since then. He just, dude, he's had, he's had a run of really bad luck sometimes when he's been up leading or, 
or something like that. So so Blaney Blaney wins the Coke 600 that uh, finished it finished I don't know probably like 10 8 between 8 and 10 o'clock at night on Monday, and then the Xfinity guys. Uh, raced after that. Uh, uh, not, I don't remember who won that. It was Allgaier, Justin Allgaier. Allgaier on the fuel strategy. Yeah. I, I didn't. I didn't watch a single uh, lap of that. I, I went to sleep after the uh, 600 was over. Yeah, I turned it on by, by the time I got in bed. I think it was like 12, 16 or so. I and I flipped it on after I'd gotten a shower and got in bed, and I saw I saw the end of it run out just because it was interesting. It, the strategy had already been played. It was. Can they make it? Can they not? So I was hooked. And rather than going to sleep, I I stuck it out to see them bring it home. So it was a pretty good race. And the Indy 500 happened earlier in the day. Joseph Newgarden won a really good Indy 500, man. And and I think I say this every week that Indy has a race. IndyCar is the best racing. It, it's the most competitive, entertaining, best racing from any of the series that we cover. I, I mean, I, yeah. I, it's, it's just week in, week out. It's always close, and we'll get to that a little bit later in the podcast. We have some interesting comments from Will Power uh, talking about IndyCar being very competitive. But Joseph Newgarden winning the 500, uh, but, you know, it Newgarden winning was awesome. I like Joseph Newgarden. Uh, it's, I believe that's his first ever 500 win. He seems like a cool guy. But I think the thing that overshadows it is the fact that we had a car lose a wheel that flew off over the track, over the fence, off the car, Thank God it avoided the stands because that I mean that that's death. It would have killed. It would have killed people. It would have yes. killed multiple people. Those tires are yep. big and they're coming fast. Luckily, it went into a it went into a parking lot. Hit, hit a lady's snowball. <laughs> yeah, hit a hit a lady's white. What was it? A Chevy Cruze that it hit? Was that yeah, what it hit? Yeah, um, I think that's what it was. But it hurt. She named it Snowball. So. Snowball. It killed Snowball. Snowball Old was snowball. crying. Yeah. Took one straight in the face. And, I mean, you see the damage that it did to a car that is theoretically it, built out of stuff that's supposed to withstand, but new cars, that's a whole different podcast. I, I mean, uh, great great New Garden 1. Indy 500 was great. The entire entire race was great. The racing was phenomenal. That's the story, man. That That's the story. We can't, we can't have stuff flying off into the stands. And Indy had it last week. NASCAR had it this week. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I'd be more concerned. I'm not, this is not me playing the home bias, but I'd be more concerned with a wheel coming off because getting hit with a, a piece of a brake pad, that's that's not really preventable. I mean, you, you can do, you can try to mitigate that. But if a car hits the wall and small pieces explode off of it, there's nothing you can do to prevent. I mean, you have certain safety measures in place, but at some point it's, you have to factor in act of God. Um, for an entire wheel assembly to come off a car and and break a tether because I'm that those things have tethers that are a last if, if everything mechanical breaks and there's nothing holding that wheel on the tether should still be there and so for the tether to come I'm not sure if the tether severed or whatever the tether was tethered to severed I don't know how that component failed but certainly IndyCar is looking into that because they're just as aware as you and I, that, that that can absolutely not happen. And they absolutely averted complete disaster. And we've talked about this several times on the show is that racing has a tendency to react instead of proact. And so this is a great chance to proact um, to, to a non-fatal situation. 
and and you think about the race, the Indy 500 is is the most. They call it the crown jewel of the Triple Crown. I don't know if it's that, but uh, it, they, that's what they call it. It's it's the greatest spectacle in motorsport. I mean, you had hundreds of thousands of people in attendance at the track. You had millions of people watching on television. I, I mean, that literally could not have happened at a worse race for IndyCar for just the optics, just you know, just people watching and stuff like that. You you obviously don't want to see anybody ever get injured with it with a wheel but if a wheel flies off at the road alabama course well not many people not as many people are watching that as the indy it's 500. likely to it's likely to end up in the woods yes versus indy where there's three hundred thousand people on the grounds um a lot more dangerous yeah. but yeah um, it is what it is i mean it's racing racing is ultimately always going to be a dangerous sport that's kind of the draw to it um it's supposed to be the draw to it, not entertainment, but uh, it's supposed to be the danger and the appreciation of speed. But um, that's a that's a tangent for another time. But uh, <laughs> now I did hear uh, people then, on MRN this week say the, that NASCAR is an entertainment business and not a racing they, business. Yeah, well, that, I mean, I'm not going to argue with them, but that because I, I'm not, I'll argue what it's supposed to be, but I'm not going to argue what it is because it is. Um, and just to tie a bow on the Indy 500, if you're one of the people crying about the red flag uh, at the end of the race, because for those who don't know, uh, Indy 500, they do not have green-white checker attempts. When the race reaches its pinnacle, uh, it's over. And that's um, if that's under caution, it's under caution. It is what it is. Dale Earnhardt won a Daytona 500, his only Daytona 500 under caution. It is what it, That's how it should be. Uh, the scheduled distance is the scheduled distance is the scheduled distance. Once we get there, we're done. Um, congratulations to whoever put themselves in position. Uh, Kyle Busch should have won the Daytona 500, and instead um, he did not because we're a circus and IndyCar is a legitimate motorsport. And um, so with that said, if you're one of the people crying about the red flag, uh, to try to get a green flag, green flag finish, um, I think you're you're barking up the wrong tree uh, because last year they did not throw a red flag and a lots of people cried that it ended under caution. So this year they throw the red flag, they get the green flag finish, and everybody's complaining now that they threw a red flag. So you can't. You can't have your cake and eat it too. Let's let just let them make the decision that they think is best and shut up and enjoy the the win. I'm I'm a, I'm more okay with last year's finish than I am this year's finish. I'm not a huge fan of this year's finish. I understand why they did it. So I'm I'm not saying that they did the wrong thing. They just yeah. did the second choice that what I would have chosen. I'm fine finishing well, under caution. Like I, I'm completely fine with that. I know a oh lot my. of people don't like it, and I know maybe it's not best for like photo finish whatever but i don't want to create a fake situation that is also a dangerous situation and that's the thing yeah. that i think the red flag created at the indy 500 well it, and it, it certainly does do that um but i think i think this was a reaction by indycar to the flap that they got last year for letting the race end or ending under caution and then not only do you have that same scenario again you have the same car in the same position he was going to win the second year in a row under caution for the second year in a row and i think they just i think they panicked a little bit in the scoring tower yeah. and, and right wrong or indifferent they made their decision 
move on like move on with it exactly yeah i'm not going to say it's the wrong decision it's just not how i would have i would have i would have under caution marcus erickson wins it again second year in a row yeah Yeah, i'm fine with that i mean you had 498 miles before that that were great racing you you don't you don't always have to have that spectacular ending for the racing to be great but i think i think I think we're in the minority thinking that way. I, I don't think that's the majority of yeah. of people that watch it. And on to the Monaco GP, um, sort of a normal Monaco GP until it started spitting a little bit of rain. Uh, the rain came out, man, and that made stuff really interesting at the back half of the field. It, it sort of finished exactly how you would think it was going to finish, but it made um, it made a lot of the racing very hesitant there. I thought I thought um, Alonso probably made a poor call i think i think fernando alonso probably could have won the race if they'd have put on wets in that first because they had a pit like they had to pit back an extra to back time. yeah like it within three laps they had to pit a second mm-hmm. time so it it kind of sucks for fernando but you know max wins it who didn't expect that max wins it uh fernando alonso finishes second esteban ocon uh, had a pretty good drive at monaco he finishes third it was it was a normal qualifying and a normal probably first 50 lap to Monaco, and, th- and then you had the rain come, added a little bit of intrigue into it. But it was a uh, it was a it was a normal Monaco GP. The 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 uh, qualifying on Saturday was the big yeah. one, and you know on Sunday it was just sort of I don't know going through the motions for most part. Yeah, yeah. I mean that, that, that's kind of what it is. But uh, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the rain. I love the strategy. I. Anytime it rains in a race, I'm hooked. I don't care what's happening or who's got what lead. It's just, it, it amps everything up to 11. Yep, I'm right there with you as well. Uh, let's move on to this week, this past week, NASCAR, the Truck Series, and the Cup Series. Well, they were at Gateway and the Xfinity Series. They were in Portland. In the Truck Series, uh, Grant Enfinger wins it, leads 65 of 162 laps in the Toyota 200. Uh, Enfinger took advantage of Ty Majeski and Zane Smith coming together in the front to capture the win during the two-lap overtime that took place. Uh, the race of the two laps was scheduled 160 distance. Enfinger held off Christian Eckes to claim his first ever win at WWT Raceway. In his ninth of his career, he earned a $50,000 bonus for the second winning the second event of the Triple Crown Truck Challenge. And also, a cool little thing that happened after the end of the race, Grant Enfinger uh, announced that him and his wife were expecting a new baby. Um, so congratulations on the win and the new baby. Did you get to watch any of this uh, any of this race on Saturday? Uh, it started when I was still at the track. Um, but no, we, once we left, uh, what was I doing on Saturday? I Where know. did I watch the truck race from? I don't know. I watched the start of the Xfinity race from Bush Stadium. I went there today of like a local brewery, the the Budweiser Brew House, right outside Bush Stadium. Cool. So I had some like fresh from the tap Budweiser. Uh, that was pretty good. That was a cool experience. And I watched the Xfinity race from there. I had no idea where I was for the truck race. I was doing something. How was Bush Stadium, by the way? I saw you got to go. I know you didn't get to go to a baseball game, but you got to go to Bush yeah. Stadium. Yeah, the stadium is gorgeous. Absolutely absolutely beautiful i i i can't speak highly enough about just just the grounds just the atmosphere and the vibe uh it it just felt pure and and if you're a baseball fan you'll understand that uh it just it it felt right it's a it's a perfect ballpark uh i wish i could have seen a game there 
cool, dude. That's awesome. That, that's one of the neat things about you <laughs> traveling. I get to live vicariously through you this year, going to all these neat venues and stuff and see your pictures and everything. It's really cool. I, I'm, I'm enjoying it. I know you're probably not enjoying having to sleep in a motel bed, you know, three or four yeah, nights a week. It comes with the territory. Nobody made me do this. I, I took the, this as an opportunity and I'm going to make the most of it. So I, I'm here for a good time, not a long time. So uh, I'm gonna go see all the all the things. That's what I tell Emily too, and she's uh, you know, we're still married after ten years, so it uh, seems to be going well in the Xfinity series out in Portland. Uh, Cole Custer he shakes the monkey off his back and wins a tightly contested, fantastic Portland road course. It was dry this year as opposed to last year when it was wet and everybody was sliding, slipping, and flying around. It was great, man. I, I'm, I'm, you know what? Once again, I think I'm in the minority here. I love to see these stock cars on road courses because they're not built for road courses. It it has to show a lot of talent. Well, and the, the Xfinity cars are not built for road courses. The Cup cars are IMSA cars, so they're built for road courses. They drive like you'd expect, but the Xfinity cars are still still a stock car. So. And it was a traditional stock car. It was nice to see Cole Custer win, man. I, I know we talked about it. He was one of the early favorites before the season started to win the Xfinity Series championship this year. Uh, and it started off a little slow, but a win, man, I don't know. We can see if this will snowball into some really positive uh, finishes for Cole. Yeah, and uh, this is a win. They Maybe they weren't the most dominant car, but they kept themselves in position all day and took advantage when the opportunity presented itself. And sometimes that's just as good as anything else. Um, but yeah, they've been getting closer. They've been heating up. Um, so it'll be interesting to watch them going forward. Yeah, like you said, he wasn't the most dominant car on the track. He only led five laps all race, but he was right there ready to pounce uh, during an overtime restart. That first corner, man, I don't remember who was in front of him. Uh, there, there were two guys. There were two guys that were two or three guys that were in front of Cole, and all three of them or both of them got wiped out in turn one. Just, yeah. you know, you know trying to. Was it Clearman? Clearman? Okay. Yeah, it took, it took everybody out. Just so. went in there, dive bomb, and Cole Custer was just sitting right there, ready to pounce, man. Uh, Allgaier finished in second with his junior motorsports teammates, Sam Mayer and Josh Berry, finishing third and fourth. Uh, Austin Hill was fifth, followed by Matt Schneider, Creed, Connor Mozek, and Chandler Smith, and Joe, uh, not Joe Nemechek, John Hunter Nemechek, excuse me. Reverted back to the 90s there, rallying out the, uh, the top 10. Did you get to watch much of the Xfinity race? This weekend? Yeah, I saw I saw the beginning of it from the beer garden, and then I saw the end of it from the hotel lobby. Nice. Uh, so with the the rest of the week, so I missed about the probably the last stage traveling back to the hotel, but I saw the start and the finish. Do y'all do anything for the Xfinity Series guys when they win when they're when they're part of Haas? No, I mean they get they get a win they get a performance bonus on their side, but uh, no other than you know just generally rooting them on telling them congratulations when we see them that's it man the uh, the amount of opportunities that you have for victory ice cream this year have really narrowed down you know last year you had a couple cars and a couple different series i guess that you could claim victory ice cream this year it's it, it's uh, it's priests or nothing yeah yeah so victory ice cream we haven't even talked about that i've kind of just let that quietly die a peaceful death without having to address it because like what are we going to do when Kevin Harvick wins a race? I, I'm not celebrating. Like, I, I'm happy for him. I'm happy for our company. I'm happy for the guys on that squad, but I'm not going to celebrate it. Like, I didn't I didn't accomplish it. So Maybe maybe uh, a victory smoothie? It's not as good as ice cream, but it's still something. No, no, there's no nothing. <laughs> I'll take my win bonus, and uh, I'll 
I'll because uh, I still get a win bonus if any of the cup cars win. <laughs> oh, do but, you? <laughs> That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, the cup the cup incentive program. Well, I mean, from a company standpoint, they want us all to to work together, and so there's a it's a financially incentivized thing to all be looking out for the best interest of everybody else. Makes sense. That's the only way I know to explain it. Yeah, I mean, uh, I mean that makes sense. Yeah, so uh, that, I still get a win bonus if any of the other Stuart Haas cars win, but victory ice cream. Um, yeah, it, it may be a minute. You got some short tracks coming up, man. Might have a might have a good chance for Priest. We'll see. I don't know. I don't know. We were we weren't good at Wilkesboro, and that's what I expected us to be really good at Wilkesboro. I did too. And we were not good at all. Yeah, I I, I did too. I wonder <laughs> if it was the surface. I don't know, but I I, I was no. I was along the same lines as you. I really thought y'all were going to be a lot more competitive than you were, and it wasn't wasn't there, man. It, wasn't hammering home. It's just where we're at right now. Yeah. Uh, speaking of the Cup Series, Kyle Busch collected his 63rd NASCAR Cup Series victory on Sunday at the Worldwide Technology Raceway in the number eight Richard Childress Racing Chevrolet. For anybody that thought Kyle Busch was not going to be a factor this year after uh, leaving and switching over to RCR and racing a Chevrolet, well, you're an idiot. You were an idiot. Yeah, and you don't really know racing. I saw that a lot. I saw that a yeah. lot on, on social media. Like, oh, Kyle Busch is done. His heydays are over. I... I I don't know what other to tell you than you're an idiot. Like, yeah, no, I, the only thing when he announced he was going to SHR, my first comment was, well, it sucks to be Austin Dillon. Cause if the world didn't know you suck before they're going to now, <laughs> <laughs> because that dude is going to show up and immediately produce results there. Yep. And Austin Dillon's just going to keep Austin Dillon in along because he's the owner's grandson. Yeah, what was uh, what was that little scrap? Austin Dillon got into a bit of a scrap this yeah, weekend. Yeah, he just got wrecked and decided to cry about it. That's <laughs> he's uh, Me and Austin Dillon would not get along very well. <laughs> I don't think we'd speak to each other. <laughs> uh, Kyle Busch, the pole winner, survived five restarts in the last 40 laps of the Enjoy Illinois 300 and beat Denny Hamlin to finish... Uh, at the line by half a second uh, after Bubba Wallace's broken brake rotor caused the 11th caution on lap 236 and sent the race into overtime. What was up with the brake rotors this weekend, dude? I have no idea. Uh, I guess people underestimated because, like, I don't know. My company didn't have any brake rotor issues. Uh, several cars did have brake rotor several, issues. Several, yeah. I, I don't know. Uh, and we saw it across multiple manufacturers. Uh Carson Hosevar and a Chevrolet lost a brake rotor. Both 2311 cars lost rotors. I, I don't know. I um, that We knew the temperature was going to be in the 90s. We know the braking on that track. I don't know if people were testing different things. I don't know. But uh, certainly we saw some brake rotor failures. So what's uh, NASCAR doesn't have carbon fiber brakes, do they? No. No. They're... They're ceramic brakes, just like on your car. But they're, I mean, they're racing, but... Right, right, but they're still made of the same material. What's, yeah, they're what, the same stuff. What's the idea for not... Because I'm pretty sure Formula One doesn't use ceramic brakes. Like, what's the right. what's what's the mindset behind that? Why, why don't you think NASCAR has changed that? I don't know. Probably because that's, that's just more further from the identity of, of an actual car. I mean, your tires and brakes are kind of like what a car is built around from a performance standpoint you've got tires brakes and engine and and you start there with a performance car so i guess the same question of why we're still racing a outdated pushrod v8 engine that's basically obsolete because that's that's 
that's the race car. Yeah. That's its identity. So. Um, did you get to see the picture on Twitter of the guy that got hit with Noah Gregson's? Uh, yeah. That guy was awesome. That guy yeah. was. I'm I'm like ninety percent sure that guy had no idea he was even hit with a that brake. He rotor. lives in a, that he lives in America <laughs> and could sue them. Everybody at the track, Dude. NASCAR, the manufacturer of the brakes, the team. <laughs> that guy didn't even know he was at a race. Dude, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He, he was uh he, he was pretty awesome. Chase Elliott, as everyone knows. He was suspended for this race, uh, deservedly so, um, yep. as, as you know, we kind of talked about. A classic Chase Elliott temper tantrum. Yep. We've seen it before. Yep. No one no one was surprised, unless you're a, just a blindly devoted Chase Elliott fan. And if you are, that's fine. You that's If that's you, good for you. Stick to your guy. I have, two your of, guy. I have two of them living in my house. Go, go down with the ship. Yep. But for everybody else, it's Chase Elliott doesn't carry a cross uh we've seen we've seen him have judgmental lapses before we've seen him alter the outcome of races out of emotion before so uh no surprise i i was not i it took me one replay at the track in live time i saw it one time the very first i didn't see it live i was working on tires i knew there was a wreck I saw the slow motion replay. It took me one view of it to know that Chase Elliott was suspended. I, that's the first thing out of my mouth is <laughs> that was on purpose and that guy's going to be suspended. Yep. I didn't need to see that S&T data or, or SNR yeah, or whatever, no. whatever they were talking about. Like, you, just nope. w- watch that. I mean, if you, you can see the car go straight and then you can see the car go left. Yep. And there's nothing it's as cut and dry as anything I've ever seen in my life. Yep. I've been watching racing for a long time. I know what it looks like when somebody gets intentionally dumped, and that was textbook. And if you want to get out and, like, after the race, if you want to get out and go punch somebody because you're pissed off, I'm all for it, dude. Go out there, pissed off, whatever. You can't take out your anger like that in that situation on on that track with those speeds and stuff like that. It's just dangerous. Well, you, you can. You just can't do it that way. Well, so you, if you're How you handle that if you're Chase Elliott is you go into the corner behind Denny Hamlin and you don't lift. And you just hit him in the tail and move him. And he's going to lose it. He's going to go up and he's going to right side the fence. And it's going to kill his car, but it's not going to put him in physical danger. But to right hook somebody and turn him head straight, head on into the fence, like we could have, and thank God we're not. And I hate to be this morbid, but we could have been talking about Denny Hamlin being killed. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the kind of an impact that he was put in the situation and and thank god he was fine but it that's that's not how you wreck somebody in nascar you you can spin them left when there's no wall into the grass you can do what you gotta do but you don't turn them right from the quarter panel head on into the wall you just don't it's just dangerous it's it's killed it's killed too many people uh back to back to gatewell uh, gateway uh the victory for kyle bush was his first at the 1.25 mile track and his third in his debut season with rcr the win was kyle bush's 228th nascar win on the national level he has 63 nascar cup series wins which is ninth overall he has 102 nascar xfinity wins the most of all time and he has 63 NASCAR truck wins, which is also the most of all time. So two of the three premier series that NASCAR runs, Kyle Busch is on top of the all-times wins list. 
Yeah. Um, are you are you ready to say Kyle Busch is the greatest NASCAR driver to ever live? You know what? Yeah. I, I mean, it it it's there. The stats are there. Like, you look at the, he he's in, in the most competitive era of motorsports. Yep. He has amassed probably the most impressive resume ever. Yeah. Like he's never going to reach t- Richard Petty's 200 Cup wins. Nobody. But is. he's also he's also not running multiple races a week against mom and pop cars with factory backed engines. <laughs> like yes. Richard Petty won a lot of those races just by showing up. Yeah. You don't have to like. It's not. A, it's not. It's fine. I don't have a problem. I'm not saying it's tainted or that it's there should be an asterisk. That that was the time. It's a different era. Like, yeah. That's how we got here to where we are today because of people like him. Uh, but in the most competitive age of motorsports in North America, in stock car racing, Kyle Busch has the most impressive resume. I think. Yeah. I I'm mean, never I... going. I'm never going to say he's a better. He's better than Dale Earnhardt. No, nobody. Is. Gonna, you know, I won't. I no, won't no. say it. No. You not with a gun to my head. I won't say it. But if somebody wants to say that he is. I'm probably not also going to argue. I I think not only is he probably the second greatest NASCAR driver of all time behind Dale Earnhardt, he might be one of the top five greatest drivers all time in any motorsport. I I wish we'd had a chance to see him race something else. Yeah. I would. I wish he'd do the Indy 500. I wish he, uh, I wish he would have cut his teeth somewhere else. Uh, For a long time, I was really wishing he would just leave NASCAR, Uh, but he never did. And so you got to, at this point, you got to expect that he's going to ride it out. I mean, uh, 228 career wins in the NASCAR national level. That's just nuts, man. That's, that's crazy. Dude, I mean, dude's good. Yeah. Uh, Hamlin, Logano, Larson, and Truex all rounded out the top five with Corey LaJoy, who uh, replaced Chase Elliott this past weekend. Sort of a distant, disappointing 21st out of him. I, I kind of expected him to do a little bit more with that car. I was. I did. Look, it's not a knock against LaJoy, but you don't just hop into a Hendrick car and run like a Hendrick. I mean, you, I mean, it, I could do it. I mean, well. Yeah, exactly. You would, you would run just like Corey LaJoy. And I'm not saying, <laughs> I'm not trying to slight Corey LaJoy. I think he's talented. I just, it, it was a one-time deal on a, not, it's not like it was Talladega. It's not like it's it, not I mean, an it's easy a, track to be fair. No, it's not an easy track, and it's your first time in that car that's not built for you. Your first time working with that team. Maybe the only advantage you have at that point is the car you know is better, but you don't know how it's set up or wasn't set up for you. Like, that car was ready to go to the racetrack before Corey LaJoy knew he was driving it. In case you don't know how NASCAR works, uh, they they probably had to take Chase Elliott's seat out of it because everything was probably ready to go. Uh, that's, that's another thing that I wonder. I, I, all the driver comforts that NASCAR has, yeah. any, any top thing has, I wonder no, how many of those got tailored to Corey LaJoy. None. His seat and that's the, the bare minimum for safety alone. There was no driver comfort for Corey LaJoy uh, that that had to be changed. Like it, because the car's ready to go. And there's no time for that. I mean, Chase probably found out he was suspended Tuesday morning. I'm sure by Tuesday at noon they had a plan together um, of who was going to drive it because. The, like you said, the Xfinity Series was in Portland, so your your regular guy, Josh Berry, uh, who there's been some rumors about lately, 
Um, he's not available. So what are you going to do? You have to pick somebody. So I think it was the right decision to put Corey LaJoy in the car, but I, I don't think you would expect more from him than what he delivered. All right. All right. I kind of expected more, but I guess that's sort of, I, I was like a hindered car. Like it's, it's going to do good. Right. I guess. Cause, Cause we saw Josh Berry. Like I feel like it, Josh this, Berry came in. This and sport's not easy. I've, I beg to differ. I do. I do great on iRacing all the time. Um, no, I don't. <laughs> uh, you got anything else to add about uh, about Gateway and the Worldwide Technology Raceway? Uh, no, I'll never call it that. No, until they start paying me to say that, I will never call it that. I've never heard uh, it called that. I didn't. I honestly, yeah. I saw I saw WWT on some of the stuff, and I was like, dude, I was like, what the hell is this? The ironic, the irony of that is that it's called Worldwide Technology Raceway, and of all the places to lose internet during the race, I forgot the about whole that. track. The whole <laughs> track went down. We had nothing. I couldn't afford. I was scribbling tire data on paper like it was 1979 and throwing it at the crew chief on top of the box. Like, take all this confetti here, papers here. Oh, to figure this out. Like, yeah, we just. We had nothing. And, uh, I, and I heard y'all had a, uh, it, there was a rain delay too, right? With no rain? Oh, what? yeah. There was, yeah, I sat through the driest weather delay that I've ever sat through in my life. <laughs> Didn't have a drop of rain, but a two-hour weather delay because uh, supposedly there was lightning in the area that I never even saw. But, uh, yeah, so good times. I was, because I, I, I don't always watch the cup race live. I usually record it and watch because Sundays, like, we're always out playing wiffle ball, this or that. And so I come in from playing wiffle ball and I flip on FS1 or whatever y'all, I don't remember if it was FS1 or Fox. I flip it on and the, like Kyle Bush is doing burnouts. And I was like, I was like, that's crazy that they're already showing a replay of it. And then I saw the live box up there and I was like, what the hell happened? And I started searching around the internet. They're like, yeah, we had a two hour rain delay for no rain. It was just, yeah. 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 Just didn't. Yep. The internet went out. TV went out. Michael Waltrip lost his cell phone yeah. in the stands at one point. No, it wasn't. It was on the track. Oh, the, his phone was on the track? His phone was on the racetrack. <laughs> I didn't know that it was and in the stands. And when the red flag came out, yeah. they recovered The safety crew recovered it and got it back in. <laughs> it was on Michael Waltrip's cell phone was on a live racetrack. Oh, God. But it was that. right down. Unless somebody crashed into the wall, it was never in danger. Yeah. But uh, just because of its location. But, yeah, they couldn't find it. And then finally, there was a video replay Fox found of someone with the camera was following him running. Yeah. And you could see it come out of his pocket. Oh. And so that's how they knew where it was. They were like, well, <laughs> we know where to start looking. And sure enough, it didn't take the camera five seconds to find it there in the storm gutter down at the bottom of the pit wall. That but. is phenomenal. That is good. See, I thought I thought yeah. he dropped it in the stands for some reason. I thought I thought it was no. up in the stands. Oh, nope. my God. That's fun. That's, that's fantastic. That's great. What a weekend. What a weekend in racing. Uh, I guess we move ahead to the NASCAR weekend this weekend at Sonoma. It'll be interesting to watch this. Uh, we have some Xfinity and Menards cars going off on Friday night. The only thing that's going to be televised is practice Friday night at 4.05 for the Xfinity Series cars. Uh, we'll flip it over to Saturday. We have qualifying for the Xfinity at 3 p.m. on FS1. And then practice for the big boys on FS2 at 5 and qualifying at 6 on FS2 as well at 8 p.m. the door dash 250 for the xfinity cars on fs1 and then over on sunday we have box at 330 for the toyota save mart 
350 of the NASCAR Cup Series going into this weekend. How you feeling? How's uh how's how's Priest like road courses? I don't know. Uh, um, I like it. We're gonna get extra practice. Uh, we I'm your boy is gonna make his Arca Menards Cards Series debut. By your boy, I mean me, not Priest. Priest, I'm sure has run Arca races before. Uh, but I have never participated in an ARCA race in any form or fashion. Uh, I went straight to the truck series and then from trucks. So I've never done an ARCA race. I've never done an Xfinity race. And one of those is about to change this weekend. We are taking an ARCA car and going to run that race on Friday. Really? Yep. Oh, that's cool. So they have your seat ready and all that? No, we we built it all in house. We oh, we rented really? we rented a car from a tr- uh, team that's not running one this weekend, okay. and then put Priest's seat in it and put our decals and stuff on it, and we changed some things like side skirts and stuff, but that's it. Otherwise, it it, we, it came basically turnkey ready, and Dude. we're sending it to the track. Who's racing it? Priest. Oh, Pri- Priest is going to race in the Arca race? Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh, sweet, dude. Yes, it's our whole, it is the 41 Cup crew with an Arca car. Now you're going to make me buy Flow Racing because the race is on Flow Racing at 6.30 Friday night. So now I'm going to have to go get a, a subscription to Flow Racing for one race. See if there's a, see if there's a trial or something. There's got to be like maybe, a seven-day trial maybe. or something. I'll have to check. Oh, dude, that's cool. Yeah, I'll have to, yeah. I'll, I'll definitely. So we're gonna, that's good. We're going to run the Arca race. Cool. Uh, Pretty excited about that. Now you gotta you gotta make sure those guys. If I buy Flow Racing, damn it, I better make sure that I hear everybody on the forty one Arca Menards cars calling it Menards cars, not the Arca series. <laughs> I need them to be called the Menards cars. That's assuming we get any TV time at all, because you know Frankie Muniz is in the Arca series. He's That's doing pretty. He's doing good though. It's basically the Arca Frankie Muniz series. So it, it's not like he's not doing good though. Like it's not. No, I'm not saying I'm not discrediting. I'm just like that. You have a celebrity in this race, uh, or a a one-time A-list celebrity in this yeah. race. And that's that's what the cameras. That's what they're going to focus on. Um, it's not their fault. But can I can I listen? Oh, this is another tangent that we sort of talked about. So scanners. I can listen yep. to scanners on my phone. Yeah, go to the NASCAR app, and you have to buy the premium thing, but it's like five bucks a month or something. Wow. And you can listen to live radios, in-car radios. You can hear everything that our car is saying all race long. Why am I just now learning of this? I, I don't know. It makes sense. I, I don't, I'm still thinking of NASCAR as it's the it's 1997, I guess. I, yeah. I, I'm going to do yeah. that, dude. That's cool. You I can, can hear, You can hear all our radio communication. Sweet. I'm I'm. 1000% going to do that on, on uh, I'll be playing golf on Sunday. What time do y'all race? 3.30? I'll be home. I'll be home for that. Um, yeah. Oh, dude, I can't tell you how excited I am for that. That's what we were talking about. We're going to go to Atlanta. We're going to go to the uh, the um, the race uh, Saturday night at Atlanta, I think, for, for the Xfinity and do all, do all that fun. Uh, so let's switch over this past weekend. Uh, IndyCar. IndyCar had their race up in uh, Detroit. Polo wins it at the Detroit Grand Prix in his Number 10, Delara Honda. It's the second victory this season and the sixth overall in the NTT IndyCar Series for Polo, who extended his lead by 51 points in the championship. One of the coolest things, and I don't know I don't know why I never picked this up. I, 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 don't, I just don't know. This is cool. The split pit lane for Detroit, that's, that's awesome, man. That's so cool. Did you, did you see that? I... I just found out Alex Polo won the race. So, so De- Detroit. You, you told me. <laughs> so, 
So the tr- so like you know, like say Talladega. You know, Talladega had well every yeah. NASCAR track just has one long, super long pit lane. Bristol doesn't. Well, yeah. So the, but they have two. They have split pit lanes, but it's on opposite ends of the track. Correct. This one has like a, a divided, me- not even a median. It's just one big paddock. And you have guys pitting here and guys pitting here, and then there's a run lane here and like a middle lane here. Huh? It's that's pretty. It is really neat, dude. I, it's it's something super simple, but it looks like something it's out unique. of a, yeah. It looks yeah. like something out of a futuristic movie. Um, so that, that was cool. The racing once again, it was the best racing of the weekend from Formula One, from NASCAR, IndyCar was the best racing of the weekend. Um, and and Will Power, Will Power took some shots, man. He took some shots at F1. Sort of. He said it's it's tough. I'm like taking shots at everybody. It, yeah. He, he, he was talking about F1. He said it's so tough, an amazing field, uh, it, the toughest field in the world, and people need to know it, especially compared to Formula One. The defending IndyCar champion told NBC Sports during a media luncheon a few days ahead of Sunday's Grand Prix, Formula One is a joke as far as competition goes but not as far as drivers. They have amazing drivers, and I feel sorry for them that they don't get to experience the satisfaction we do with our racing because this is a top level, the, the, the top level of open-wheel motorsports. I think Formula One would be so much better if they had a formula-like IndyCar. I love the technology, the manufacturer side of it. I think it's awesome. But from a spectator watching, man, how cool would it be if everyone had a Red Bull car? Uh, yeah. You want to break that down? He's not wrong. What are your thoughts? He's not wrong. That th- My thoughts are he's not wrong. The IndyCar model does make it for a better form of entertainment. And we've seen over the past, I don't know, 15 years from Formula One that one car just dominates. I mean, it's it's Red Bull the past couple of years. It was Mercedes for six years. Before that, it was, it was Red Bull again. We've seen it from... F1 and, and only a couple years have we seen it where F1's top driver and not the secondary driver for that same team doesn't finish second in the point standings. We've only seen that like once or twice in the past 15 years. So I, I, I Will Power is right. Uh, Will Power is is a thousand percent right that the the product that IndyCar puts on the track week in and week out is is better entertainment. Now I don't know if you want to argue that it's better racing. Um, I don't know about that. It's certainly more entertaining. I don't know if it's better racing from a racing standpoint. But once again, if you take the IndyCar model and, and don't have the F1 model, IndyCar is a lot like NASCAR, I believe, in their research and development, where here's the car, here's the specs. You can change a little bit, but you can't change too much. This is essentially what we want y'all to race. They're essentially the same cars, just different motors in it. F1 is completely different. They have completely different designs. Uh, each manufacturer, each car, each engine, everything is very uh, imaginative. You, if you can dream it up, if you're Adrian Newey and you can dream up whatever car you want to build, they have certain specs they have to stay within, but it's a, it's a lot more ingenuitive over in F1. Um, so, I mean, I, I don't disagree with what Will Power said, but if F1 went to a model like, like uh, IndyCar does, it would be taking a lot away a lot of the heritage and nuance that makes F1 F1. F1 is the last pure motorsport. It's the it's the last one that hasn't forsaken the competition for entertainment. Yeah. Uh, I I agree. I mean, I don't agree. I I hear Will Power's words. I don't put much more stock into it than 
his, the owner of his car owns the entire series. So he's going to tow the party line pretty hard. I would too. Yeah. Uh, go ask any F1 driver if they'll give up their F1 seat uh, to go run competitively in IndyCar. See which one raises their hand. Nobody. Exactly. Nobody would do that. You think Romain, Romain Grosjean wants to be in IndyCar? No. The only no. reason he's there is because he... I don't want to say... I don't, I don't want to say he couldn't cut it in F1 because he was a good F1 no, he, driver. He did, he did fine. Yeah. He yeah. did fine. He did as good as his equipment. Haas was never going to win a race. Like, Romain Grosjean wasn't going to compete for a championship or wins in a Haas car. But you think he would rather still be there? Kevin Magnussen dropped everything. He had, he had a full year schedule, and he dropped all of it when Haas F1 called to go run 17th. Mm-hmm. There's something to be said about being an F1 driver. And there's a little bit more money in F1. Well, I don't, just I don't, I don't yeah, there is, but I don't necessarily chalk it up to that. I just think like, it's, you're the, it's F1, the most you're prestigious. Most exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, I mean, if you go up to anybody, anybody, literally anybody in the entire world and tell them you're an F1 driver, they know what you're talking about. Even if they're not an no. F1 fan, they, they've heard, oh, F1, I know what that is. Ayrton Senna, Michael Schumacher, yada, yada, yada. You go up to people and tell them you're an IndyCar driver, it could be a 50-50 if they know what the hell an IndyCar is. Yep. So I I understand where willpower is coming from. I I agree with a lot of what he said. I don't agree with all of it, but I I do agree that IndyCar does put out a more entertaining product week in and week out than Formula One does. Now, I can't... Having said that, Matt, you know I come on here and and defend IndyCar every single week and say it's the purest form and, and the most entertaining... I don't schedule my weekend around IndyCar races other than the Indy 500. I I do for Formula One. I like if it's an Australian Grand Prix, I am awake for when it goes live. If it's a Chinese Grand Prix, I'm awake for when it goes live. I I schedule my weekends around Formula One. So I guess that's your answer right there. (laughs) Yeah. There you have it. IndyCar, I believe, is off this weekend. They don't race anywhere. Think yeah, they've only been racing for a whole month straight. <laughs> them guys, them guys were in Indy for like 27 days, and then they come home after the longest month of their life, and they have a race the next weekend. Yeah, go up to like, that's weird. I, I don't, I don't remember them doing that last year. I don't think they did. they did. They did. They did. Did they? Yeah. It wasn't Detroit. It was, was Belle Isle, wasn't it? Maybe yeah. the last Belle Isle. Yeah, yeah, I think that's what it was. Um, there was a race the weekend after the Indy 500. Great race. Great race. Um, highly suggest anybody go back and watch it because it was it was phenomenal. Uh, over in the F1 world, Max Verstappen dominates everybody in the Spanish Grand Prix. Uh, I mean, that's the story. Uh, Max Verstappen was amazing. It looks like Mercedes has put something together, though. Uh, they were very strong. I mean, uh, Hamilton and Russell both on the podium. That's the first double podium, I think, of the year for Mercedes. So that's, that's, yeah, that's not just the first one of this year. It's the first one in a minute. Yeah, a while. Uh, so it, it was nice to see out of them. And that's one of those things where if Merck can run the top five consistently, every now and then when Verstappen's car possibly explodes, they could maybe steal a win here or there. I don't know. But, <laughs> I mean, this like the, the video you sent me on TikTok was the best. Like, 
Verstappen's out there with like four or five laps to go. He asks uh, Christian Horner what the lap record is, what the, what the fastest lap of the Grand Prix is so far. And he gives it to him. He said, Checo did this on, brand, on a brand new set of soft tires. So, so don't go for it. We already have track limit uh, warrant. We already have a black and white flag. And he goes out there on a set of probably 20-something lap old hard tires and destroys Checo's fastest lap. I mean, there's there's no he, one better he turned, right now. The, he turned it up to 11 after being told not to. We don't, just not to. Yeah. And, and just because he could. Yeah. Just because he has the talent and the car. And then and then the radio transmission afterwards is like, okay, you've got that out of your system. Can you please back it down now? <laughs> Can you please just bring it home? And his response on the radio is, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, well, he, yeah, yeah. he said in the post in the post race commentary, it was it was him. Um, I don't remember who else was up there. I know Hamilton was up there, and it might have been Russell too. Uh, but he he was up there, and he said, you know, when I'm in the car, I know what this car is capable of doing. I know the lap times that this car is capable of doing better than the engineers do that are seeing all the data. He said, I'm in the car, I'm driving it, I can feel where I'm lifting, I can feel when I'm you know pulling off and not going 100. percent He said, I know what this car is capable of doing, and I mean. The fact, the fact He's that, not wrong. yeah, and, and the fact that he beat Perez's fastest lap on on that old of hard compound tires, like, dude, he's just so talented. He, he's immensely talented. He's the most talented driver in the field right now, in the best hardware. And nobody's gonna, nobody's touching him. Nobody's touching him this year. Um, it's the championship's over. I mean, it's yeah. it's over. So and another thing that happened this weekend that was kind of interesting, good guy uh, Alonzo kind of came out again. You know, Alonzo's ahead of Lance Stroll in the driver's standings. Like, he's not going to win the championship, but he could still theoretically finish third. Like, very, very theoretical. Um, and Alonzo was sitting behind Stroll uh, and, and probably lapping a little bit quicker than Stroll was. He caught up to Stroll and he radioed over. He said, tell Lance that he is in no danger of me passing him. I was just trying to create a gap between me and the guy behind so he doesn't get drs uh, assistance and that was that was kind of different to see from alonzo like that's not the alonzo that left formula one eight years ago this is a very different fernando alonzo in formula one right now yeah uh, guys just enjoying the moment i mean he's accomplished everything there is to do there's no reason to make waves unnecessarily create drama inside your own team if you're just happy doing what you're doing and he is so. that's one of the things he said he said there's no reason to risk a pass when Aston Martin had two cars. I think they were like sixth and seventh or fifth and sixth or something like that. He was like, we got points secured. Who, who cares who comes fifth and sixth? And I was like, wow, that's, who is this Fernando Alonso? So that was that was pretty neat. Uh, F1 also has this week off. They travel to Canada next week for the Canadian Grand Prix, which I'm a fan of. I like that track. That is yeah. a that is a very cool track. Um, so yeah, NASCAR. NASCAR is going to be the only premier series this weekend going off. You got any final thoughts for us this week, man? No, I'm ready. I'm ready to so I fly to California tomorrow morning. I'm ready to get this weekend over. Not that I have a problem with the weekend, but I just but I, California sucks. That well, that too. But <clears throat> the off week on the other side of this, uh, I'm headed to the beach for the off week. So uh, kids are out of school. First week of summer vacation. We're headed straight to the beach. And it's actually ironic. Uh, so we're, we fly out of San Francisco. Right. For some, in and out of San Francisco. So Sunday night, the race gets over my time, 6, 6.30. Yeah. I'm going to drive to San Francisco, see the Pacific Ocean and get on an airplane, fly to Charlotte, 
get in my car and drive to the beach. I'm going to see the Pacific and the Atlantic in probably under eight hours. Where are you, where are you going? Uh, Wilmington. Oh, I'm oh, going to I'm oh. going to Oak Island, be around Wilmington, Riceville Beach. That I was hoping there. you were coming down to Florida, man. Oh, we'll be in uh, we'll be in PCB from the 16th <laughs> to the 20th. I don't do PCB. It's uh it's just a tourist nightmare. So I don't I don't do it. I'm I'm revoking your redneck card, pal. That's fine. That's, that's the, fine. That's the redneck you'll, you'll Riviera. Never, you will never catch me dead in PCB. I, I mean, if I'm in PCB, I am dead. And someone <laughs> taking my body there because I didn't die there. <laughs> I say we're going to PCB. I think it's actually technically Laguna Beach, but we're staying at like yeah. the um the old Nickelodeon Splash Family Resort. Do Lee Dad thingy. Um, yep. So yeah, cool. All so right. With that said, no episode next week. Don't yep. don't because yep. we won't no episode uh, next week we'll be back we'll be back the next week um yep uh, we'll recap sonoma in two weeks yeah yeah sonoma which you know i'm, I'm excited for that. but i'm excited for but i know i know not a lot of people uh, we might do a uh, it, the, the three people that listen to this podcast maybe we can do some sort of a a fan get together at the uh, the track in atlanta when uh, when y'all come here saturday night because i think I'm, i think i'm gonna take my kids saturday night okay. to the xfinity so uh, that's so that'll all be right. fun yep Uh, For Matt Ridgway, I am Bryce Barling. We will see you all next week. Same time, same place.